Monsters Walk With Us contains explicit language, adult themes, violence, and may not be suitable for listeners under 18. Listener discretion is strongly advised. I have no script. I have no plan. (laughs) As soon as the case updates started happening, I texted you, I think like immediately and reached out to see if you would come back and do an update recording. So thank you so much for coming back, Jess. No, I am excited. And I think you mentioned this too, it's like perfect timing for you to do this. And then everything just kind of unraveled around the same time. So I'm so excited. I am also really excited to listen to the Your Own Backyard podcast. I had it on my list, but I try not to listen to podcasts about cases I'm going to cover. Mm -hmm. I just am really like, I don't want to accidentally steal a joke or say something someone else has already said because I'm essentially a parakeet. So if I hear something, not only am I going to repeat it a lot, I'm going to also like subconsciously always worry about that. So sometimes I'll have like heard of a case through another podcast and I do it, you know, it's been a couple of years since I heard the details. So I'll do stuff like that. I will say, so as I was like reading up on um, some of the developments and your own backyard, I saw that. And so that is one of my like 58 tabs that are open. So at some point I've got to link out to that to follow along what they've been doing. I also keep 64 tabs open on my phone at all times. Yeah. Like I have to bookmark too before the dreaded crash. And it's like, oh, I'm assuming this case that was brought to you wasn't, was that somebody who listened to this one? This case was suggested to me by a listener and patron of the podcast, Dana, which shout out Dana. Thank you so much. It is her hometown case. Okay. She lived in the area growing up. Everybody was suspicious of Paul Flores. Everybody knows he did it, but the case is going nowhere. Eerie timing. Really excited to dig into these updates with you. So Mm -hmm. like I said, no script, no plan. I figured we'll just pull open some articles and maybe talk about what we've heard so far. I saw that there was a really in-depth one on the New York Times And I'm subscribed, so I'm going to go ahead and take a look at that. While you're doing that, I can't imagine, because you mentioned that Dana in the hometown, I can't imagine being in an area where you're living with someone where everyone kind of suspects you murdered. So like, how do you interact or be in type of, you know, situations or circles with a suspected murderer? The denial, right? (laughs) Like it has to be so bad. I do have to say, I grew up with someone who was murdered. We went Mm. to elementary school, middle school, high school together. We knew each other. We had, you know, a hey type of relationship. I will never forget in fifth grade, they had me pass notes to someone they were interested in that had like the same last name as them. It was very you know, like, do you like me? YN Mm -hmm, box mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I did know this man. He was involved in drug stuff, which is pretty common where I'm from, Newburgh, New York. Shout out Newburgh. In high school, this guy went missing and it had been days and I knew people who were really close with him and nobody could figure out where he was, but most people thought he went to Puerto Rico to go be with his family. Eventually, it comes out that his family does not know where he is or where he has been. I want to say maybe a week later, dismembered body parts started to be dropped in areas around my middle school and my high school. Eventually, it was discovered, you know, shortly after that, it was discovered that it was this guy. And there was a lot of rumors about who did it, things that I've heard through other people. Everybody kind of knows that it was these two Jamaican guys. 
Mm. Nobody knows who they are, but like, it's a very sensationalized story. The things that went around or the things that were kind of like known, nobody knew specifically, like in this case, people knew specifically it was Paul and his parents helped him cover it up. That was no secret. Yes. There are parts of Newburgh that are kind of known. It's much more dangerous to be there. And especially if you're involved with drug stuff and even just weed, like it Mm -hmm. just low level things. Anybody from Newburgh, the area listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people in Newburgh know who these two guys are, but nobody has talked. It's got to be like 18 years now. it's probably 17 or 18 when that mm-hmm. happened. I'm 32 now. Yeah, that that math holds. The other thing about the Kristen Smart case is that it's been so long. I know. There's also some videos of the press conferences and stuff. I haven't watched any of them, but I know your own backyard posted a bunch of them on Instagram. I searched Kristen Smart in the New York Times. And the first thing that comes up is that she was murdered during an attempted rape. Mm-hmm. And I think originally, but when you were kind of going through that case, it appeared that that may have possibly been the case. It's some type of sexual assault gone awry. Yeah, which is disgusting. You're a predator looking for someone who is, in your eyes, easy to victimize because they're incapacitated. You're a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Paul Flores was arrested and charged with murder. His father, Ruben Flores, was arrested and charged with being an accessory after the fact and helping to hide her body. So the two individuals the neighbor had recalled seeing. Yes, exactly. So in March, the sheriff's office had obtained the warrant to look for evidence. I think that's what we spoke about when we recorded. They used cadaver dogs and finally the ground penetrating radar. Years later. Yes. And they found more evidence at that time. So I don't know, I mean, how well trained these cadaver dogs are, but it's been, what, nearly 25 years. Is that possible to still be able to, you know, pick up some type of sense or what have you from this vehicle that I don't even know why they still had? Cadaver dogs are trained for years. So scent dogs can tell the difference between an alive person that they are looking for and scenting and human remains. I would guess that the ground penetrating radar was probably more effective in this case because I don't know where they took the dogs. If it was outside, I can see them being able to detect decomposition. That's Mm -hmm. literally, they do that. That's their bread and butter, so to speak. (laughs) That's their kibbles and bits. But the ground penetrating radar, especially if they put concrete or some of the other stuff that I remember talking about. Yeah. I'm also curious to know, I mean, if the family will, as this continues, I mean, are we going to hold any of the law enforcement officers accountable for their complete, you know, mistreatment of this investigation early on? Law enforcement's position is that they've only recently got enough witness statements and physical evidence to move forward with charges. That's their official stance as of right now. Probably not much of a bomb for the family having waited this fucking long when from the start, they had dogs come into the dorm room. So mm-hmm. you fucked this up 20 years Day ago. One, yeah. Yeah. Your own backyard, Chris Lambert, is the person responsible for bringing this back into the media. Yeah. 48 Hours very recently did an episode. Okay. 
So I think that that probably also really pushed the heat on law enforcement. Yeah. Because I remember from when we were first talking about it, I think you said that there was somebody who was willing to use um, some of the penetrating equipment and they were like, I forget what the reason was, but we're not for it. Yeah. I just found an article from San Luis Obispo Tribune and it says that Kristen Smart's family said that they plan to file a lawsuit against Ruben Flores. The other cool update that I saw, and I have a picture I'm going to go ahead and post on the Instagram about this. There has been a billboard related to Kristen Smart's disappearance in like this heavily trafficked intersection. They've just changed the billboard to justice for Kristen with the website kristensmart.org. The Smart family attorney said that he intends to file a civil complaint against Ruben Flores, alleging that he inflicted severe emotional distress on the Smart family when he not only hid, but also likely moved Kristen's body. Mm. So that might also be a reason that they haven't been able to move forward if they did move her remains somewhere. Yeah. Paul Flores is still being held without bail. They had an arraignment in Superior Court on Thursday. This session was continued. They have not yet entered pleas. The hearing will continue on Monday. Ruben Flores is 80 and he he looks rough in these Zoom photos. Yes. Saturday, April 17th, they are holding a candlelight vigil in Kristen Smart's honor at downtown City Park in Paso Robles. Speakers will include Chris Lambert, creator of Your Own Backyard, a singer, Athena Sorensen, and a few activists from the Find Kristen Smart organization, Carla Clausen-Hoffman and Pasco Bowen. I found an AP article about Chris Lambert, and it says that originally he was a singer-songwriter and had experience as a recording engineer. He stopped doing that and started doing the podcast. Okay. He saw this billboard about Kristen's disappearance about three years ago, and that's when he started the podcast. Three years ago, okay. On Tuesday at the press conference, San Luis Obispo County Sheriff Ian Parkinson gave credit to Chris Lambert for the work that he has done in drawing attention to the case and bringing forward witnesses. So that's the other difference. As a journalist, Chris Lambert is able to approach people and talk to people who are not going to talk to law enforcement or be as transparent with law enforcement. Your Own Backyard has eight episodes. As of Thursday, it had hit 7.5 million downloads and was the number two podcast on Apple's podcast charts. He does not do any advertising. He only relies on donations to keep Your Own Backyard running. Chris Lambert was eight years old when Kristen disappeared, very close to his hometown of Orcutt. The billboard that was changed had a picture of Kristen and an advertised $75,000 reward. Do we know if Chris Lambert, if there was any history or relations to like journalism or anything like that, or it was just he saw the billboard and kind of decided to go from there? From this article, it sounds like he literally saw the billboard and was like, I have to do something about this. Yes. He saw the billboard, he got inspired to start looking into the case, and he decided to, he bought expensive podcasting equipment and then decided to get started and started reaching out to witnesses and things. Mm -hmm. I have to say, as someone who's done investigative journalism, our senior year, I did a few investigations with 
my professor who was a reporter at the Boston Globe. He like came into Curry to teach just a couple classes. And we investigated a couple big cases that I am going to cover. One is the Isabella Gardner Museum heist. It uh, was the largest museum heist in American history. Watching that uh, documentary the other night. I know it one <laughs> just came out. Yeah. Um, I was looking through actually my old emails and I found like one of the papers that I did. Okay. So I'm going to cover that because I already have a little bit of the research done from 2010. And then I also found all of my victim profiles on the victims of the so-called Boston Strangler. And I know a lot about that case. I went to the locations. We did like a massive project on it. There is a lot of issues with the case. Albert DeSalvo is not the Boston Strangler. So that's up soon on the research list. I'm really excited to talk about that one too. I think it would be really fucking cool to cover a case like this as it was breaking. You have to be really good at building relationships to be able to convince people to do that. But he also has probably built such a close relationship with the family Mm -hmm. at this point, especially if he's the only one pushing investigation after all this time. Right. I mean, I can only imagine beyond this case, the fallout of it, if, if, you know, others may be inspired to really just take kind of things into their own hands or investigation to their own hands. There have been quite a few podcasts that have resulted in changes, either arrests or things being solved, new information coming forward. I don't know if you have ever listened to Serial. It's a true crime podcast about the Adnan Syed case. There's been a few documentaries made about it as well. I haven't listened to it, but I've heard of it. It's excellent. It is so frustrating to hear about that case and just how everything ended up playing out. And the fact that he is still in jail is just awful. Just related to the Adnan Sad case really quick. Ravia Chowdhury, one of Adnan's family members who has been pursuing all of the attempts for him to be released and all of his appeals and everything. She's been working really hard on his case. She worked closely with Serial and she has her own podcast. There is another podcast called Sword and Scale. This guy that hosts this podcast, he is a misogynistic, just human trash, horrible person. He has been setting his supporters to attack her. He's making extremely anti-Muslim, misogynistic, sexual related threats. All of his people are just spamming her and coming after her. And it is fucking disgusting. So if you happen to listen to that podcast and you like this podcast, do a quick check in with yourself about your morals and who you want to be supporting. Because I really would encourage everyone to just blacklist this motherfucker. Yeah. He has been dropped by a few networks, but that hasn't really stopped any of his direction for his followers to be harassing her. So another podcast called Up and Vanished also led to someone being arrested and developments in that case. Oh, Georgia Beauty Queen. Yep. We're probably in the same article. (laughs) And then I know there's been a couple that I've listened to where at the end of the podcast, things have broken loose. One was Someone Knows Something. It's a Canadian broadcasting company podcast. Canada, I love you by the way, second most listened to country outside of the United States. That one is really well done. He does super deep dives and gets to know the families and gets really gets to know the people without meeting them. He gets to understand who they were from the people that know them. 
excellently done. And then the last one I want to mention is Bear Brook. That's another podcast that right towards the end of the podcast, I think new information came out either right towards the end or after it had finished and they made new episodes with updates. I'd highly recommend all of those podcasts. I haven't seen this video of Paul Flores's mother. I've, you know, seen, you know, Uh, quotes and things, you know, not positive. (laughs) uh, I watched part of it and it made me want to fucking slap the shit out of her. The most catch me outside energy for this woman (laughs) is what I have. She really was like, I don't know why everyone's bothering us. This is fucking ridiculous. Like that's her vibe. Lady, get fucked. Someone is dead. Like you have no fucking empathy. No wonder your piece of shit kid did this and your piece of shit husband or ex-husband helped him out i mean in listening into many or several of your episodes even with this case to go years like i just i don't understand how what type of mentality somebody could have to to murder someone and then just go about your life how do you not feel bad Yes. Even as a parent, like as a parent to help your kid and and not, you know, have that empathy towards another parent who has lost their child and to just kind of whatever, you know, lazy fair for the next few decades. Like it just doesn't, I can't picture it. To have no feelings in that way, I got to say, makes me think of my ex. You met him, remember? Yes. Chris Lambert was able to interview a former colleague of Paul's mother, Susan, who told him that when Susan came into work after Memorial Day weekend in 1996, when Kristen went missing, she had said she didn't sleep well because her husband got a phone call in the middle of the night and left in his car. Suspect. Obviously, as we mentioned in the episode, the biggest suspicion since the start is that Paul called his dad and he Mm -hmm. and his dad ended up going to try to hide Kristen's remains. A tenant who had lived in Susan's home said that she heard a watch alarm every morning at 4.20 a.m. Kristen had a shift as a lifeguard at 5 a.m. at the pool at Cal Poly. So most likely that was her routine. She would set her watch to wake up at 4.20. When did that? tenant is there any information on when they disclose that information it said they lived there for a year that's so so that is one of the biggest things that points to Kristen or Kristen's belongings were buried there oh and that watch battery was going off until it died oh my god can you fucking imagine first of all first reaction if a watch alarm wakes me up at 4 20 in the morning two days in a row That's going to be the fucking end of that real quick. I'll tell you right fucking now I would be out finding wherever that was. If I had to wait till the next day and just wait up the night before Mm -hmm. I'm waiting because I am finding that fucking thing. I'm not waking up at 420 AM. I'm such a light sleeper. I can't imagine the rage, the rage that I would have. Like It's just, oh gosh. I I mean, I don't know what like decomp is after this many years, but I, I just really hope that there is something that they can at least give this family. I mean, it's, it's obvious. It's unfortunate that she is dead, but I just hope that there's, you know, something that can provide some semblance of closure. It would be really awesome if the family could get Kristen's remains. Yeah. I think that would be the most meaningful update they could get after this many years. Yeah. 
being let down by the police for so long, I feel like that's probably the only thing they can truly hope for at this point, besides Paul going to jail for life. They don't have the death penalty in California, unfortunately. Whatever, let him rot in there. Eh, that's a good point. Susan Flores was called by AP, Associated Press. She hung up immediately. In a news interview in March, the only interview that she's granted, which made me so angry to watch, she says that she could shoot a lot of holes into Chris Lambert's lies. Can you now, Susan? Wow. The evidence would say otherwise, Susan. Yeah. And that you knew then that something was not right. And you probably know now. And it's like to sit there and lie through your teeth or to, you know, shift that blame or... or It's just so, it's sick. Disgusting. Susan said that Chris Lambert never tried to contact her. Chris says that he did send someone to the house to try to make that connection. And Susan threatened to call the police. The same with Paul Flores. He was not able to speak personally with Paul Flores. Chris also spoke with a former exchange student from Australia who had been at Cal Poly, who said that he saw Paul Flores and Kristen Smart struggling near where she was last seen. Mm. Chris Lambert says that investigators had found out about that in the early years of the investigation and had dismissed it. Wow. Again, just fucking it right up. Failed. Yeah. Like so bad. My God. Chris Lambert is quoted saying for most of my life, Kristen Smart has been a face on a billboard. This post is up on Instagram. I've learned about Kristen, the daughter, Kristen, the big sister, Kristen, the friend, the neighbor, the roommate. Kristen the swimmer, Kristen the dreamer. And I've learned that you can miss a person you never even got to meet. Mm. Paul Flores is currently being held without bail at San Luis Obispo County Jail. Paul Flores' father was also arrested. His bail was set at 250000 Kristen Smart's family released a statement through a spokesperson saying, it is impossible to put into words what this day means for our family. We pray it is the first step to bringing our daughter home. While Kristen's loving spirit will always live in our hearts, our life without her hugs, laughs, and smiles is a heartache that never abates. The knowledge that a father and son, despite our desperate pleas for help, could have withheld this horrible secret for nearly 25 years, denying us the chance to lay our daughter to rest, is an unrelenting and unforgiving pain. We now put our faith in the justice system and move forward, comforted in the knowledge that Kristen has been held in the hearts of so many and that she has not been forgotten. I am just so glad that we have this update. I'm very excited to the trial. I hope that nothing, I really hope that justice is served and that the evidence Mm -hmm. is as strong as they are claiming that they had to wait for. Shout out to Dana. I know how excited you were to get this news and I'm sure everybody in your hometown, I saw a lot of people because we're friends on Facebook, saw a lot of people commenting on your post and I'm very, very happy to be able to record this update. No, I'm so glad. I know I I previously was like, I love a good unsolved mystery, but when we first recorded, it was just like, wait, that's it? Hello? Obvious, you know? Um, But to hear that finally something will come of this will be great. It's hard to talk about a case where it's so obvious what happened. Right. (laughs) But there's doubts if justice can ever actually even be served. The Sophie Toscan Duplantier case is one Mm -hmm. of those. Like to me and a lot of other people, it's very obvious that Ian was involved. I'm glad that in this case, at least the person that everybody knows 
finally is going to be held accountable. Exactly. We'll look forward to the trial. Maybe we'll record some more updates as the trial is going on. That would be something new and exciting to be able to do. Thanks so much for tuning in. We have new episodes coming up today. I just did all of the planning up to episode 50. Thanks so much to our seven patrons. I am so, so happy to be able to put extra content up there. Right now there's one exclusive episode up there. More will be going up soon and we'll catch you next week. Thanks again for coming back, Jess. I appreciate it a lot. It's always fun to record with you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Hi, friends. If you like the podcast, I would love if you would go ahead and leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Please check us out on Instagram at Monsters Walk With Us all one word. And I'd love if you could send us an email and tell me where you're listening from, maybe suggest a case. The email address is hidden period monsters period walk at gmail.com.